Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam. And today with me, I have a special guest. Her name is Kelly with Degree Fitness C4th in Ontario, Canada. Kelly, how are you today? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. I'm doing very well. It's uh, sunny and 75 here, so I can't complain. Yeah, not here. It's sunny and minus five, so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so thanks for taking the time um, to chit-chat about your business and all the things that are going on. So what I'll do is I'll open it up to you. Go ahead and kind of just give us, you know, a little bit about you, what you've done, how you got into opening up your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm Kelly, Coach Kelly. I'm the owner operator of Degree Fitness C4th, the head coach. Um, so my primary role is obviously to, you know, run the business, mentor my staff, um, and overall just run a really good facility for our community. So I started as a member. So I, um, took ownership in December, 2019. So I started before that as a member and then the owner at the time, you know, asked if I wanted to get into coaching. So I got into coaching. And then from there, it kind of worked its way into more of a managerial position, um, just in terms of, you know, being able to make more decisions and do all of the stuff. And then the opportunity came up where, you know, she was going on to other endeavors and wanted to make sure that the gym stayed within hands that she trusted. Um, So she asked me and it was uh, like, it sounds like it should have been like a hard decision, but it was really easy. I was like, yes, of course, I'll, you know, take it on and, and do that. Uh, but little did we know that literally just a few months later, we'd be told, you know, we can't operate in the facility. So that was um, a big growth uh, moment for me as a new owner. <laughs> but uh, it all, I mean, it all turned out well. So uh, I'm sure we'll get into that adventure later. Um, but for myself, uh I started getting to fitness in like high school. Um, I was kind of struggling with a lot of like anxiety, depression, stuff like that, but I didn't have a good outlet to, you know, put all of those emotions. So then um, it was actually my mom and she probably, she probably won't listen to this because she's not on Spotify or anything, but I'll tell her Uh, she was big into doing Pilates uh, in our living room. So I was like, Hey, that looks cool. Um, So I started doing that with her. I started getting into running and it just made me feel good. So I always, I bounced around from other things. Um, you know, I thought, why don't I just get a, you know, quote unquote, normal job, you know, a nine to five Monday to Friday, it's safe, whatever. But I just, it drove me nuts. Um, I just, I knew there, I, I always knew I wanted to get into helping people, but it just, you know, I took a few sort of side steps to get there. Um, so then, yeah, when the opportunity came, I knew that, Hey, if physical activity or fitness makes me feel good and gives me an outlet, I know that there's a truckload of other people that need something like this. So within degree, yes, we're a gym, but we put a lot of emphasis on mental health, um, being a safe and supportive environment. Yeah, we get super strong and like lift heavy stuff, but it's so much more than that. Um, So that's, you know, that's what we're here for. And I always tell people, you know, we're not going anywhere. Um, COVID can come things can crash down all around us, but we're not going to go anywhere. We're a little uh, center block building in a small town. And yeah, like we're not going anywhere because our community needs us. Um, So that's kind of how I got here. And here we are. (laughs) 
Oh, I can't hear you, Adam. Yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> love that. No. So, you know, real quickly, kind of, you know, you're, you're big on community. Love that. Give me, give our listeners like your elevator pitch, quote unquote. So like if someone were to come to you, you know, what exactly all the services do you offer? Is it, you know, a membership basis? Is it like a, a package basis? You buy, you know, 10 packs, 20 pack, whatever. Um, and then to piggyback off that, somebody does come to you and they inquire about, you know, pricing and, and whatnot. You know, what's your initial consultation like as far as like to determine if they're a good fit, if you're a good fit for them, um, walk us through that process. Yeah, so we offer no sweat intros or they're free 15 to 30 minute um, meetings that someone comes in because you make a good point, you know, we're, um, we can't just blindly say, okay, yeah, you're gonna, we're gonna sign you up for a 12 times per month group training membership without even meeting it. We don't know these people. Um, they're all lovely, but what if they have past injuries? What if they've never worked out before in their life? What if they work out all the time? What if they don't want to work out in a group and they want to work one-on-one? Like we have to meet with them first in that initial meeting to exactly um, establish that rapport, establish a relationship. And then, you know, at that point, based on what they tell us, we will offer our best recommendations. So if they're like, you know, they, they don't want to work out in a group, then we're not going to offer them a group training membership because that wouldn't make sense. Likewise, if, you know, they want to do personal training and they tell us they want to come five days a week, but we know historically that's not usually attainable for your, you know, normal person. We're not just going to sell them the highest package just because that makes the most money. We need to give them what's going to actually give them results in the long haul. Um, yeah, so we help our community live better, uh, healthier, and uh, longer through fitness and nutrition coaching. Awesome. So a um, l- little bit of the nutrition side of things as well when it comes to like your packages and whatnot. Yeah. Is that so like, is that included in your pricing or is that like an additional like tack on for like yeah so it's all essentially additional so uh, we don't do discounts um we do we do a little bit of a member discount for members for um certain programs but across the board we don't do them um it's not because you know we're greedy or whatever but our clients aren't discount clients my coaches aren't discount coaches there's nothing wrong with discounts don't get me wrong i shouldn't say it that way but um just especially where we are um like we're a small gym uh we we hang out between i just got some notes here like 60 members on average per month from a business perspective if i was throwing out discounts left and right i we wouldn't have a gym like it just we couldn't function right Mm -hmm. so um yeah i think that's one thing that sort of maybe makes us a little bit unique um in terms of the gym space or what people are are used to seeing, um, if that makes sense, right? So kind of changing that narrative a little bit for us. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. You know, I, I listen to Andy Frazella, and if you're mm-hmm. familiar with him or not, but, um, you know, he says that he doesn't do discounts. And it's like, why would you discount a product that is a, is, is a premium service, right? Or a premium exactly. product. It's not necessarily that you're trying to, you know, take out everybody's money. It's like you provide a quality product or service that, you know, is, is a value. And- yeah. If you do a discount here or there, guess what people are going to do? They're going to wait and say, oh, yeah, maybe they'll do a discount three months. I'm just going to wait. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you're on the right track. Yeah, it, it definitely makes sense. I think a lot of other gym owners out there, you know, they, they agree with the same way. You know, they might do like a like a like a one month, like one off kind mm-hmm. of thing. But it's just like, you know, yeah. so, yeah. Good. And, it's, um, and it, it allows us to do like really cool stuff for our members because, 
you know, we have that um, revenue coming, you know, so we can give back to them in other fun ways. Um, you know, every January we do a coffee card. Um, so we get a little QR code for Tim Hortons and we say, members, go buy a coffee all day on us. Like, you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. uh, we do appreciation weeks. We do um, like the intramural open. We don't charge for it. It's free for them, right? Um, yeah, so we really, you know, maybe we don't, do the whole discount thing, but we really make an effort to give back to our members um, as much as we can because they're like the coolest people in the world, just like putting it out there. <laughs> and my staff, right? Like I want to give them opportunities and, um, you know, I, I want to be able to pay for outings or trainings for them. And if we don't have the revenue to do that, then that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you answered one of my questions. I was going to ask how many members, you know, on a monthly mm -hmm. basis are you guys bringing in? So, and then what's roughly the square footage like of your facility? How big is it? Yeah. So it's just about a thousand square feet, a little bit over. Um, yeah. So it, it would be considered like a micro gym, but I think that's part of the reason that makes it really special um, because, you know, our personal story, like we know every single person and I know a lot of gyms do, and that's cool. Um, but like every single person, uh, names, like their kids, all that stuff. Uh, and it allows us to really create solid relationships with them and be with them for the long haul. Right. You know, if they're with us for three months, that's great. But if we can help them through their fitness and health for, you know, six months, a year, two years, two years, four years. We have people that have been here over five years. That's pretty cool in our little gym. No, that's super cool. Um, so, you know, let, let's kind of talk about, um, no, my camera here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, like, you know, your, your, your lead action, you know, like where, where are you getting your leads? Yeah. Um, so it's primarily uh, social media or word of mouth, especially in a smaller community. Um, you know, someone comes and does an event or a program here, they like it, they're going to tell everyone at the coffee shop or, you know, at church or family dinner, whatever, uh, or they share it on their social media. So it's actually been an interesting um, adventure. So we run a, we call it wellness coaching, but it's kind of like our low impact fitness um, class. It's a group class um, for individuals. Not, I don't want to say older individuals because we used to call it 55 plus, but 55 nowadays is not very old. <laughs> so, right, it's just low impact fitness. Uh, we have a lot of individuals um, like that are retired or have like, like arthritis, hip, knee stuff. So for them, we always, for the longest time, we struggled with like, why, why, can't, we, why can't we get people to come here? You know, we're doing the social media stuff. Um, now, mind you, we don't do paid for ads. Uh, we, we have in the past, but we actually don't really need to, uh, but like the social media thing, Facebook, Instagram, we we're doing newsletters. We did some posters um, and it took us probably a couple of years of just like really, you know, doing a few name changes, um, asking the members that were coming, like, where are you hearing about this? Because like, we got to figure this out. And for them, it's word of mouth. They're like, yeah, we don't really, like, we didn't find you guys on Facebook. It was talking to, you know, Sally at um, the restaurant the other night that said she really liked it and really felt good. So I think that's one little tidbit here that if you want to do something, don't give up because it might take you a couple of years to finally find your niche. But now we're at the point where we have to add another wellness coaching class because the first one is full. Um, 
So understanding where your leads are coming from and then putting your effort there, even if it's different than what you normally do, might be what you need to do to get that specific thing rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to, you know, let's kind of dive into that little nugget. You know, you said you, you did paid ads in the past, but it, you don't really need to kind of, you know, walk me through like, like the reasoning behind that. Yeah. And I think it's different, like everywhere again, like we're not a big, and we're not a big city. Like I, uh, like, I don't know what the actual number would be now, but it's less than 5,000 people. So, um, we don't have like people walking in all the time and out all the time. Like we don't have 10 no sweat intros a day, things like that. Like, um, so we don't, oh, and the other thing, most of our members drive anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to get here for a class, right? Cause it's a very rural area. So we did the ads for a little bit. Um, but then what we found for us, you know, we want to do more than just the six week challenges. They're a great start. Don't get me wrong. But oftentimes, again, for us, we found that people, they feel successful. They had fun, but then, you know, real life hits because for six weeks, you're hyper-focused on your thing and, you know, you see all the results, but then your six week program's over or whatever. And then you stop going to the gym and you stop doing the stuff. And then they wonder, you know, well, why did I go back to where I was and why don't I feel good? So, Mm -hmm. you know, when we focus on more of our organic social media where, you know, I take care of that, we're able to really kind of get the people in the door that really want to make a, a, a lifestyle change, right? That understand like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, a few months or a few years, or how can we make this just something that you do? So yeah, like the ads are fun and it was a good learning experience. Um, I did have a whoopsies though. One time I got my, my Facebook ad bill and I forgot to turn it off. Um, whoops. So that was like a few hundred dollar bill that I didn't, uh, didn't account for. So check your, check your ads folks, turn them on and off appropriately. Um, so yeah, like we just, we don't use them. Um, and honestly, it's kind of nice. Cause then I, it's one less thing as an owner that I have to, you know, think about uh, mm-hmm. or worry about. Yeah. You know, kind of throwing, not, not a, you know, double-edged sword at you, but you know, is, is it, to help me understand, you know, more like, you know, when you were doing the ads, it just, you know, like the return wasn't, you know, maybe where you felt like it was, it was the best for what you were doing at the time. That's exactly it. Right. Like we, um, we really don't do a lot of like six week challenges, you know, six week transformation stuff. And I know you can do ads for more than that, but that was kind of our focus at the time. And it just, um, as we've evolved as a gym, um, you know, our visions, our values, our mission, like that has evolved over time. Um, mm-hmm. That was just something that didn't really fit uh, what we were looking to to be in our community, right? So yeah, we just kind of put them on the back burner. Will we do them again? Yeah, maybe. Um, but if I don't have to, and you know, I can use all the free resources in terms of social media, then I'm going to do that, <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you use resources where you can. Um, yes. You know, I, you know, I don't know, Canada, you know, very um, well, as far as like areas. I know I've been in Toronto, but that's about it. Um, you know, is there, you know, would you say as far as like, we'll, we'll just say competition or like other gyms, you know, do, do, are you surrounded by maybe like gyms, in the distance, like like 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away, where you're kind of, you know, the outlier or in, in a way, or is there like gyms that are around you too that, you know, are within your vicinity? 
Yeah, that's actually really, it's interesting um, for us. So in our town, there's us um, another and another boutique studio, um, but they offer more like spin, yoga, TRX specific stuff, or, you know, more of the strength, excuse me, conditioning. We're, I mean, we're both here for the same reason, like to help our community. Um, and we actually have a really good relationship. Um, and same with, there's a town 15 minutes down the road. They have a very similar gym, um, but we love them. Uh, we, you know, we communicate a lot. You know, and I think um, that's something in a rural area is it's not so much, you know, competition. It's how can we all work together to, you know, help our community, you know, just be happier and live better. And that's fun. You know, I, I always tell my staff and whenever I talk to other gym owners or anything that it's not a competition, you know, we're here to help each other. And um, I want to work with the other gym owners and, and collaborate on things. And I think that's something that you don't always get, especially in a, like a big city, um, because you could have five gyms on one street and, you know, people are going to do more shopping around. They're going to go, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know that it's, it's a different, um, it can be different. So yeah, we don't have as many necessarily gyms in this area, but, um, the ones that we do are all fantastic. It's really just, yeah, like the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. No, I understood. Oh, sorry, I didn't say that. There's there's your YMCAs, right? Like your um mm -hmm. yeah, like the YMCA. So those are those are great. Like those are like we call them like, you know, like your global gyms or whatever. You go, you do your thing and you go home. But the, that's something that doesn't always work for people. You know, if you don't know what you're supposed to do or you don't want to go to them because it freaks you out, you know, that's where we come in, that sort of coaching service where we're going to actually coach you through the movements and you don't have to do your programming because that's what we do. Um, so it is a different service all around as well. Um, so that's where we're not always a perfect fit for some individuals. If they just want to come and go when they please, then I do recommend, you know, the YMCA or there's another gym, a town in the other direction about 15 minutes that has 24 hour access. So I have, you know, I'm, I'm very open to say, hey, why don't you check those guys out? Because they offer exactly what you're looking for. Um, cause that's my job is like my duty in this world is to help people be healthier and happier and guiding them where they need to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I want, I want to ask is, you know, you know, you're not doing ads, you're, you know, for now anyways, um, what's kind of like your, your long-term goals here, you know, like short-term goals, long-term goals, like, do you want to, you know, increase member base, you know, you got a thousand square foot, you got, you got some room for, you know, probably anywhere between 30, 40 members, you know, depending on your space layout and whatnot, you know, kind of like walk us through, you know, where do you want to take this thing? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, a little bit of growth, right. Definitely. You know, I think that's always something. Um, and we, uh, we do find ebbs and flows depending on the season. Um, although COVID made things super weird for a while, like it was, it's like, you know, you have your plan, but then something mm -hmm. happens and like mixes it all up. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, yes. So we're kind of getting back to a normal, uh, you know, ebb and flow where we, you know, we see certain amounts of members at certain amounts of time. Um, but, you know, ideally we like to sit, I like to have a sit around like 80 to 100 members regularly. And that's within everything. So that's personal training, group training, uh, you know, nutrition clients. We have a kids program, like a teens program, all of them collectively. That just allows us from a business perspective to make sure that, um, yeah, we can chug along, right? We're not going, oh, crap, like, how are we going to do all this stuff? Um, and it means we're helping more people. So, yeah, we're focused on growth this, this year for sure. And since, you know, we don't have a huge space, we can really only run 
you know, one group class at a time. Personal training, we can do more than that. Um, but we're reaching out to the community. Um, so I go to schools, local schools, and teach yoga. Uh, so that's super fun. And that's a way that, you know, I can help the community, but also, you know, from a business perspective, obviously it's a revenue generating thing. Um, we got involved with our Santa Claus parade last year. Uh, we do a summer fest in the town every summer. So we're going to connect with the organizer to have a table there. So yeah, my focus is really, you know, growing the gym for sure, but also reaching out in the community because we're not a huge space. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what our, our community anyway is about, is about supporting each other and, and giving people opportunity to do, you know, do cool stuff. And people don't always want to come to the gym for whatever reason. So if we can go to them, take up, take away that barrier, uh, that's a nice way to do it. So those are kind of, yeah, those are the goals, especially, um, you know, this first six months of the year is yeah, just inner growth and then reaching out to the community more. Yeah, being more visible in the area so people actually like yeah. know who you are. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's actually, it's crazy. So um, you'd probably laugh, but I don't actually have a sign on the building. I know. Uh, <laughs> I have a window sign, it's fine. Uh, but I've had people come in and it's not a sign thing. I'm going to get a sign, but I've had to focus on a few other things. Um, and they've mentioned, you know, yeah, we didn't know you were here. And I'm like, what? Like, we've been here for like, well, what do I have? Like 2016, 2017, like, like a while, you know? So then that got me, that was especially a few comments I got last year that I was like, oh man, like we need to get out in the community more. And I think that's something as owners, we can get really hyper-focused on, you know, one thing or just within our four walls. But, you know, if we sort of expand our reach and start asking questions like, hey, how did you hear about us? Or did you know we were here? And then getting those comments or feedback, that's where you can maybe change some things or, you know, make some additions. But I was just like, oh no, <laughs> you got to do something about that. So it, yeah, that's kind of where we're at there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you know, with that, what's kind of like the current plan or, or growth strategy in place to kind of like, hy not hyper excel, but like to, to, to like charge the growth that's that that you want to see you know do yeah, you have how are we gonna, yeah how are we going to do the thing right it's one yeah, thing how, how are we going to do this do thing that. and do you yeah. have a time frame of when you would like to get there yes exactly so uh my general manager is a no sweat intro queen she's like so good at them um so we try to have and again some of these numbers might not sound big to other gyms um but for us since we are smaller like that's a big yeah. deal um, if we can have, you know, five no sweat intros a month, I know some people have like five, we get five a day. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like five a month. Right. And we have a very good close rate. You know, if we can, um, bring on three out of five of those people are all five into group training or personal training that in itself is going to get us up to those numbers, which then allows us to, yeah, just again, give everyone a really good facility and experience to be in. So we do track our set show and close rates. So how many people are making appointments, how many people are showing up, and then what's the close rate? So how many people are actually, um, you know, signing up for something? And, and when you do that from a health first perspective, you know, not just trying to sell them the most expensive package or whatever, um, number one, they're going to appreciate that because you're not trying to be a slimy salesperson. No one likes that, right? <laughs> um, and then again, when they start their program, they're going to stick with it because it actually works for their life. You know, the amount of people, again, that come in here and they're say, you know, say they've got a full-time job, they've got a couple kids and the kids are in sports and they tell me they want to come to the gym four or five days a week. 
for an hour. I'm like, I don't, that's okay, but is that actually feasible? Right. right. Like, let's be really honest here. We all want to do all of it. I get it. But I mean, I've got a six month old at home and that's it. And I don't even get here five days a week to work out. Right. Um, yeah. So in a roundabout way, you know, tracking your set show clothes and then going from there and hearing where people are hearing about us and putting our effort there. I am um, giving our social media a little bit of an overhaul as well because um, it just wasn't how I wanted it. And I think that's something that's an easy thing, quote unquote, easy uh, for as the owner, whoever is responsible for it to audit every once in a while, you know, um, are we actually putting out content that helps people and not just trying to sell them more programs or pretty pictures, you know, they need to see your face, they need to hear your voice, because that's how you build a relationship with your audience, which then pulls them into your facility. And then you can actually help them make changes in their life. Yeah, no, um, I get that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, and then, you know, the, the time frame, like, would you, would you say, I mean, a year, six months, two years, and then. Oh, well, the way we're going, it'll probably be six, uh, six, six years. Oh my God. Six months. By the time. Yeah. We start to see, you know, more of that. Uh, lines start to go up in terms of members which when that happens you know everything else goes up with it um, yeah. yeah and the, the Christmas time is weird I find um, you know like for us essentially like we don't run a lot of ongoing programs in the month of December because we're closed quite a few days because of Christmas um, so we tend to find like a little bit of a lull and then January kind of goes woo all the way back up. So this is where we're starting to see the trajectory going up. Um, so yeah, that six month mark will be fine. And then it's about, you know, not just, you know, acquiring these new clients and stuff, but then the, then the, the work becomes, how do we keep them? Right. Because we can only, again, yes, from a business perspective, you need the people because you gotta pay the bills, yada, yada, yada. But you know, if, if your people want to make big changes, we need to keep them in the door, you know? So that goes back to, you know, once they're in here, we need to nurture that. So that's where we have a client success manager. So her job is to yeah, keep an eye on them. Um, it sounds so creepy, but <laughs> keep an eye on them. You know, where are you going? What are you doing? Do you need help? You know, have your goals changed? Um, so that way, as we, you know, level up in terms of members at that six month mark, we have those guys and then we can continue to grow from there. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. You know, like it's, a, it's, it's everything all at once, but it has to move in a streamlined um, way from the client's perspective and a business perspective. Yeah. As, as everything starts to, you know, develop and grow, you got to, you know, either change or add or implement new things or strategies and stuff to continue the, the trajectory mm -hmm. of where you want to go. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, you said that you tracked, um, you know, set shows and closing percentage and stuff, you know, right now, where do you guys stand when it comes to, you know, how many people are coming in the door? How many of those are you closing? Well, I don't like to brag, but we actually do a really good job. So we close, like, again, I'm terrible with percentages, but if we had, um, well, last month we had uh, like eight in, and I think we signed five or six of them. And the other, so then the people, so the people that don't, you know, sign up right away, we don't just forget about them. We're not like, ah, whatever. They actually go on something called our dusty list where uh, my manager once a month will go through that list. She'll, you know, email or reach out to five people and say, hey, is now a better time to get started on your fitness or your health? 
because when they first come in, it might not be the right time, you know? And it's like, it's human nature. We're, we, we're not gonna change unless we actually want to. So someone can tell you over and over, like eat your vegetables, eat your vegetables. But if you don't wanna eat your vegetables, you're not gonna eat your vegetables, right? So like, if someone's like, you gotta go to the gym, you gotta go to the gym, but if you're not ready, then it's like not time. But that doesn't mean we need to, you know, forget about these people or just, you know, toss them to the wayside because they still matter. and you know, the time they want to get started might, um, might be the next day. It might be six months down the road. It might be a year, it might be two years, you know, but we have to, we have to always let them know that we're still here for them. And the door is always open. Right. Um, we don't want people. I think sometimes when you say you come for your no sweat intro and you, you leave, you don't sign up for something. Um, some people can have a lot of guilt or shame over that. Like, oh man, like I should have signed up or why didn't I? And that can sometimes cause like embarrassment. They don't want to go back for another no sweat show because, you know, they might feel like they failed the first time. So we really try to, you know, acknowledge that where, hey, you know, now is not a good time. That's okay. You know, the door is always open when you're ready. So you keep that door open for them so they don't feel ashamed or embarrassed or guilty that they didn't sign up the first time. And to teach, you know, you treat them like humans. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, so you touched on, you know, your client success manager, you know, what does, you know, what, what is, what is like the strategy structure of your accountability with her or him and, you know, the, the members, like what's kind of like, you know, do you have a system where you track, Hey, you haven't been in two weeks or, you know, Hey, you only came in two days instead of, you know, five days, you know, like what, what's kind of like the accountability for your members to, you know, to keep that critical, you know, that, that, um, attrition low. Yeah, like we have to, it's again, it goes back to like human nature and understanding humans and even ourselves. Like when things get hard or, um, you know, you get tired of waking up early or you don't want to go to the gym, you get like we're going to, we want to quit, right? So her job or her, you know, it's the coolest job ever uh, is to keep these people accountable. So uh, we have refined it over the last little while because it wasn't great. Um, and I think that's another thing, like always re re revisit your systems because they're going to change over time. Um, so this is kind of how it works. So if they do that, so they do notice no sweat intro, say that they sign up for on ramp program. So that's their first initial one-on-one um, -on -one sessions to get them into group training. Cause we don't just want to throw someone to a class, give them barbell and say, do a snatch. What? Right. <laughs> so we're going to take them through on ramp. And then, so that's kind of them and their personal training coach at that one time during those six sessions. So after that, we connect them with Lonnie, our client success manager, and she's going to connect with them uh, two weeks after their final on-ramp class. So within two weeks, she's either called or emailed them to set up an actual meeting at the gym. So they're going to come in. She's going to check in with them. Hey, how are your classes going? Do you have any questions for me? She's going to touch base on, yeah, sort of just everything to make sure that they're solid. Because again, when we start something, we're excited, we feel good, we're motivated. And then all of a sudden you're not motivated and you realize, oh my gosh, I have to keep doing this for a long time. So that two week mark, we're able to keep them engaged, answer any questions. Maybe they found out they actually don't like group, group classes. So then at that point, Lonnie can say, hey, have you considered one-on-one -on -one training? Then after that two week check-in, she meets again with them uh, a couple of weeks later. And then after that, we do bi-monthly check-ins with everybody. So everyone gets an opportunity to sit down with her every couple of months, again, just to check in. We used to call them goal setting meetings, but, um, I don't know about you when I hear, hear the word, like, what are your goals? Oh God, I don't know. You know, like so not everyone has 
specific goals. So if we call them a check-in meeting, it's a lot less pressure because um, I've had clients say, you know, I, I don't think I need to meet with you because I don't have any goals. But that's not exactly what the appointment's about. So by changing the name, we're able to connect with them on how's your sleep? You know, how's your nutrition? How's work going? I hear you got a, you know, a new puppy. How are you sleeping? Because it's not just the fitness aspect that's important to them. What if their life has changed, you know, or if they're going on a holiday in two months, we want to know. So if we need to make changes to their membership, we can. Um, so those check-in meetings allow us to, yeah, keep tabs on them, keep tabs on their attendance. Um, and just as, again, as human beings in this world that we can be with them for their whole fitness journey. Um, we have a spreadsheet that tracks it and stuff. And um, yeah, but that's huge. Like that's huge. Those check-in meetings are, yeah, highly recommend if you're not doing it already. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the strategy with the, you know, the two week check-in in the beginning, you know, how, what, you know, ha, have you tracked, you know, attrition since, you know, implementing that strategy versus your previous strategy has it been better, has it been worse is about the same, you know, do you feel that more people are staying on board longer or is it, you know, what, what's that look like for you? Yeah, and that's a really good question because it actually hasn't been that long since we've implemented this. Um, so, because what I found was happening is people were graduating on ramp, and then two or three months later, I'm getting an email saying, "Hey Kelly, like I need to cancel my membership." I'm like, "What? Like why? Like where are you going? You just started." Um, so that was like a huge red flag that I was yeah. like, "We need to do something because it's not." Yes, it's a like crappy for the business side of things, but it's way worse for that person because now we can't help them, you know, along their fitness journey. So yeah, yeah it hasn't been that long that we've been doing this. Like it's been less than six months, probably like four months that we've actually implemented it. And, you know, looking at the calendar, because the other thing that's challenging with that um, is scheduling. So between the person that does the check-in meetings and the clients, sometimes it can be tough in terms of aligning when each is available. So over the last few, well, last couple of months, I've noticed that the calendar is getting fuller with those. So um, off, you know, just what I'm observing without going too deep into it, I do, yes, they are helping, um, but I need to, you know, we have to keep doing this a little bit longer to see, you know, um, most people are gonna stay for three months. Most people are gonna stay for six months. After that, that's usually when people get a little, uh, I don't know. Right. So I think, you know, as we're doing this, um, that's where I'm going to be yeah, evaluating, um, you know, cancellations or people asking for changes and stuff. Um, but so far so good. Knock on wood. Yeah. Well, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, for time purposes, I think that's a good spot to wrap up for the day. I got a couple last things for you though. Yeah. Um, you know, I always like to ask this, you know, what words of wisdom would you give somebody that's looking to start their own fitness business, whether they're taking over or they're just starting from scratch? Um, do it for, do it because you want to help people. Um, the money, all of that, whatever will come, but you have to do it because you genuinely care. Um, and yeah, because if you, as long as you're coming from that help first perspective, your members and your clients are going to feel that. Um, make sure you have a clear vision, um, clear values, and a clear mission. And know that those things can change too. They can ebb and flow with you. Because mm -hmm. with that, then you're going to want to just keep repeating it over and over to your members, to your community, to your staff. Um, and just lead with 
yeah, integrity and honesty and it's okay to make mistakes. Oh my gosh, I have made a thousand million mistakes <laughs> and ask for help. Like ask for help before you need the help or if you waited a little too long, you're probably gonna be embarrassed to ask for help, but that's okay. Um, and I speak of this again from personal experience. Uh, it's hard to ask for help, but you, as gym owners, it can be a very lonely road. Sometimes I think as any business owner, right? Mm -hmm. um, so ask for help before you need it. Be clear on your vision, mission, and values and care about your people, like truly care about them. Um, because if you don't, then I'm just not sure what the point would be, right? Um, I, I mean, I love our gym. I love our people. I love my staff. Like, I get like emotional thinking about it because they're like a little family, right? And I don't think, sometimes I don't think that gym members realize how much of an impact they make on us as owners um, when they get, to, when they come in here and they do the cool stuff and their eyes light up and they're like, oh man, I did that. Like, I didn't think I could do that. Me? Like, yes, you, you did it. You know, and same with your staff, when you give them opportunity and you trust in them and you say, hey, you know, do you want to do this thing? They're like, oh, I don't know if I can. That's where you step in and say, yeah, I believe in you. You can do it because I trust you, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's what it's all about. Awesome. Well, love that answer. Um, last but not least, go ahead and give a shout out. How can people research your facility? How can they look it up? Facebook, Instagram, website. Go ahead and give a shout out. Yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook at Degree Fitness Seaforth and then Instagram as well, Degree underscore Fitness underscore Seaforth. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for all that. Uh, for everybody out there listening, that's the way to check out her gym. Um, if you want a tight-knit, family-oriented, uh, community-based you know, facility where you're going to get the best result, go check them out. Um, and also, if this story inspired you and you, know, you want to be on the show and talk about your perspective and everything that you're doing, feel free to type your info in the link below. We'll be in touch and we'll get you on. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Bill and Stephanie from Downtown Gym, Downtown Gym out of Rochester. What's going on, y'all? How are we doing today? Hey, what's up? Great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Downtown Gym, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business with people and what made y'all want to start your gym in the first place. Um, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having us on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to share experience with everybody. Um, how we got started, we both came from the corporate gym atmosphere as personal trainers. Um, we met she hired me to train her. Um, and we've had a great working relationship ever since. Um, and then, uh, you know, we were tired of all the, the rules and the policies and the regulations that come with corporate, corporate gyms. And so we decided we wanted to create our own gym, our own space for the trainers themselves so that the 
the employees can make money, the trainers can make money, the gym owners could also make a little bit of money, but we want to put everybody in a position to succeed. Um, now, she started, this is when I came in, but she started before I came in, and I'm going to let her talk on that. Okay. Yeah. So we started, I opened the gym in 2014. And the main reasons why I opened it was because um, I had issues working with other people <laughs> and I loved my clientele. So uh, Bill actually pushed me into opening this space. And so I started, I opened the space and a few months later, I brought him on to help out. Mm -hmm. She started with uh, tumbling though. So we had a problem of going from gym to gym and having multiple gyms where we'd have to play by their rules and have just a handful of clients in each gym. So then it was, all right, well, we got to do this ourselves so we can bring it all together. All right. Cool story. So when you guys, I think you said started the gym in 2014 and then it evolved into like having two sides, one for tumbling and then one for the general population. Correct. Yeah, it was just one small space. It was only 2,200 square feet where I would do private tumbling lessons and personal training. Um, and then during the pandemic, we expanded and we divided the two entities. So one side is called Game Changer Tumbling, and then the other side is called Downtown Gym. And the Downtown Gym is the 24-hour access uh, membership gym with, um, you know, full equipment from complete from Smith Machine to leg press to um squat racks and dumbbells very nice and then you guys also do personal training as well, as well right correct mm -hmm. yes personal training and i do both personal training and private tumbling lessons i don't do tumbling lessons <laughs> I, I, try. Don't, I don't do flips and stuff i tried to get him to do it i think he'd be fantastic yeah. <laughs> we're gonna give it a shot one more time I'm, i want to do a back tuck before yeah. the end of march he promised me he'd learn to do a back tuck yeah, yeah. um but yeah uh Personal training on the downtown gym side is that's our, our main part of our business there. Um, you know, we're slowly incorporating new members and growing our membership, but we want to kind of keep it exclusive because that's the atmosphere that we've built kind of like a, a home gym. It's got that home gym feel to it where everybody comes in. They're really nice, fun to be around. Everybody works hard and they're there for one reason and it's to get results and then go home. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Get results. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into talking about the business side of things. The first question that I wanted to ask you is kind of around like building the business as a couple. So this is a broad question, um, but for the couples that are listening um, that may be struggling through conflict or trying to figure out, you know, how to make a marriage work and also a business work, um, could you just give some advice? about that and working with your significant other well i'll start by saying this she's the organized one so we decided she was going to be the one to handle to manage the books and all that stuff i'm the salesperson so i'm the face but that's quickly <laughs> turning around because she's an ifbb pro that just competed at the olympia so now I'm just the peon and she's oh, taking stop. over this whole thing for me. Is <laughs> that true at all? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, we, um, so I handle all the sales portion of it and then she handles kind of behind the scenes and, and we just come together and kind of work and talk about things. Yeah. Establishing your roles in your business, super important. 
and then listening to each other is also super important. One of the main issues we had with growing was because we weren't listening to each other. I would make a request, he would disagree. I'd make the request again, he would disagree. He wanted to do something, I would listen to him. It was just, it was, it, we weren't really truly listening to each other. And when we finally started listening to each other, things started to move in the, in the best direction. So that's huge. Knowing where you're good in the business and then establishing that role for you and then listening to each other mm -hmm. was really huge. Yeah. Just simply put, know your strengths and weaknesses so that you can feed off each other. Yeah. Very well said, y'all. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like the growth of your gym, um, what's been working for you when it comes to marketing on the personal training side and also like the open gym side of things? We don't, it's kind of weird, but we don't really do much marketing and that's kind of goes against the grain. Um, most of our business is word of mouth. Uh, we have a reputation in our area um, and it's, it's a very positive reputation and we work really hard to uphold that. And so people just come to us naturally because they know who we are. They know what we stand for and they know that we have the experience. Um, now growing our gym it started with our clients. Um, and then we're asking them for, you know, bring a friend in, bring a friend in, bring a friend in. And then we finally started an Instagram page, which we don't even have much on that. We've got our, our Google um, optimization, our website. And that's kind of where most of our people have been coming. They just find us with a web search. You know, we've had a lot of new people move into the area and yeah. they just it's, come to us. It's mostly word of mouth. And then if you're new to the area, the if they're looking for a smaller gym, then they just do a Google search, they'll find us. Mm -hmm. So that's mostly how we get our clientele. And you said, did you say you just started social media, but you're kind of not really on it like that? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, it's we have so much going on that I did ask him to make a post once a day. Mm -hmm. And we did that for about two days. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we fell off. Um, because it's really hard to manage my page, his page, the tumbling page, and the downtown gym page. So we we fail pretty miserably at social media. Yeah. So we should probably hire that out. <laughs> so, so that's a good point. So like outside of, I guess, word of mouth, like what other avenues have you guys been looking into in terms of marketing? When we first started, I did run ads in the local paper that got me one client that didn't come back over an entire year of ads. So I quickly learned that, that was bad. We tried doing, uh, someone else tried convincing me to put my, my name into a, um, like a, like a, it was like a, like a glorified phone book. It was free. Everyone can just, you know, get them wherever they want but I couldn't even get people to take those. <laughs> so that didn't work. Um, and, uh, then we tried doing parades. We tried putting our, you know, name on a parade. We tried putting our name like, um, you know, like on a golf a golf course hole or something Sponsor, sponsoring events yeah, sponsoring and events and uh it just none of that ever really took off and so we mostly just rely on word of mouth mm -hmm. and the google search yeah. that's all we we found that 
that's the only thing that truly works it's us like we we are the marketing yeah or you, you know for other people starting their own business you are your best marketing tool you know so go out put yourself out. out there yeah talk to people we talk when we go out in the public people ask what we do or they see us and you know we're bodybuilders so we're not average looking and they'll come up to us and they'll make a comment they'll ask us what we do and we own a gym and oh I want to come check it out and when they do they walk in the door and the gym sells itself so that's that's where it really comes down to is can you put yourself out there to attract the people yeah I I always joke with Bill that like anytime that we we have a tendency to work out at other gyms other than our own and that's mostly because there's childcare. We have two, we have young children. And whenever we are trying to work out at our own gym, people are constantly asking us questions. We can't ever get a good workout in. So we'll go join other gyms. Then people start asking us questions and then we get members. We'll go to a new church and people start asking us questions and we get new members. Anytime that we put ourselves into another type of community, whether it's a gym or a church or um, even like, even when he, we work in life insurance, when Bill does life insurance as well, like the, the people that he works with will ask questions and then we get new members. So it's like anytime that you put yourself out there into a new environment, a new community and you, and you mingle with those people and they get to know who you are, um, that's establishing a trust. And then they, when they're looking to make a change in their life and it starts with fitness, they're going to come to me first. Mm -hmm. So your thing is really just networking and, and engaging in yes. the community to get them in the door gotta get them in the door first yeah. so what's the like what is this like the sales process look like after that i'll say like for the personal training side of things um well when they first come in the door we, we you want to be the one that's asking the questions right you want to find out why they're there want to find out what their goals are um what their weaknesses are if they're looking for just a gym membership, fine. You know, then you, you know, you throw in there, Hey, we also have personal trainers, this and this and this and this. Um, if that's something you're interested in, I can have somebody contact you right away. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, thanks. You know, and if it is personal training, they want, you got to ask the right questions to get the information to be able to make a sale, you know, um, find out where, where they're hurting, like, why are they not where they want to be? And then you put them with the proper trainer, you know, and if you know your trainers well enough, somebody can walk in the door and you'd be like, I have the perfect person for you, mm -hmm. you know? So are you, do your trainers also do some of the selling or is it primarily uh, you, Bill? They yeah. can. Yeah, that's a really good question because the way we have things set up at our gym is different. Um, because we said earlier, we wanted a gym that helped our trainers flourish and make money. And on the side, we make money, right? So the way we have things set up, very, very different. Um, we take a very smaller percentage compared to what other gyms would do. <clears throat> Someplace, some of those really, really big gyms, they'll take 55% of your pay. And then you are, you're still an independent contractor and you still have to pay for all of your insurance and your, your certifications and all of that. So we taxes. taxes, yeah, we take much less. So we do that so that we don't hire a lot more staff. Like I don't have anyone at my front desk. So that means that the trainer is going to be required 
to handle that side of things. So we'll have them call, they manage their calendars. And then um, we do have a calendar system that's ran through the gym and that their appointments will be on and they can, their point of sale is through that. Um, but they'll manage their own clientele. And uh, that way I don't have to hire extra staff. And yeah. we can take that that percentage out of it. Yeah. I just initially make first contact. Yeah. Um, and then I'll I'll pass their information to the trainer and the trainer will call them and set up um, you know, their days and times for training sessions. Now we do have a um uh standard pricing for all of our, our personal training, all of our services. Um, and each trainer follows those as well. Okay. And that yeah. kind of actually you answered the next question I have. Um so when it comes to pricing, do you guys feel like you're charging what's what you're worth, essentially? Essentially, yes. Uh, we do. So for the tumbling side, I do have a tier system. So for coaches who have been in the game, you know, for more than 10 years, who can spot higher level skills, they are at a higher price point. They're an elite level coach. Um, if that's what you need and that's what you want, then you're going to pay more for that coach. Mm -hmm. That would be the next goal for um, our personal training side would be that if you come in and hire me, I'm the IFBB pro, I've gone to the Olympia, I've been training for 15 plus years, then my price is going to be higher than someone mm -hmm. who's only been personal training for five years. And that kind of helps people understand when they come in the door um, hey, you know, this is my budget. I understand that when I hire somebody that's of a lesser value, then you're getting a lesser trainer. So we do have that option available for your price point, but you're still going to be, we're still going to stand by our good trainers. That would be the next thing. But right now it is still baseline of, um, of pricing. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we, we think based on where things are in the area, how much people are paying for personal training, uh, we feel it's very fair in tr in pricing. It's still more than what our trainers are used to getting. So it's a win-win for both sides. That's how we feel about it. Okay. Bill, were you about to say something? Um, yeah, just kind of a piece of advice. Um, don't sell yourself short. Don't be afraid to ask for a higher dollar amount if you really feel that you're worth it. Um, and if you're confident with that, when you, when you offer that pricing, that price point to these people, if you're confident and you come forth and say, Hey, this is what I'm worth. This is what you're going to get. Um, then they're not going to bat an eye at it, but if you're real meek and, and you don't feel like you're, you're allowed to ask for that kind of money, then you're not going to get it. Yeah. So when you were kind of figuring out what you were going to charge for your prices, how did you go about deciding that? Like, were you looking at the other gyms in the area and kind of looking at their prices to see what they had going on or how, how yeah. was your process around that? We did like a industry standard. Okay. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say we, we started off our, our training sessions at $65 a session. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've, we've increased, you know, from there over time. Yeah, well, yeah, inflation kind of dictated that a little bit. So yeah. um, methodically increasing our rates biannually is what we've been doing. So um, there's the big gym near us. They charge uh, so much money. They charge over $100 an hour for personal training. 
And we've heard as little as 50 bucks for the hour for personal training. So we kind of decided to go somewhere in the middle. That's how we established it initially. And then our end goal would be $100 an hour as our reputation builds. Yeah. So you said you guys increase your prices by annually. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every at, at the, If you were to look at it, it's been every other year that we increase prices. Gotcha. So, okay. And that, that had to do with, it's a very delicate reputational process. So like we, in our area where we live, people, uh, they put a lot of emphasis in the big gym. I'm not going to say the big gym's name, but um, they, they give, uh, uh, they think a lot about them. They think they're amazing. It's a status symbol. (laughs) It's difficult to compete with that because they aren't going to come to me unless I have, um, either equally status symbol, and that means everyone else in the area has to agree, and then you'll get more clients, and then the clients will pay that much more. Does that make sense? Mm, yes. Could you reframe that for me? Yeah. Everybody talks in our community. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows everybody, and so if you are, if you are highly sought, then everybody's going to know that you are at the top. Because they all talk and communicate. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, that makes sense. Yeah, you won't have a problem asking for a hundred dollars an hour. Um, they still think that the reputation for the big gym is better because that's where so many people go. And in our community, people like to go where everybody else goes. It's very much um, keeping up with the Joneses around here. It's a huge competition about who makes more money and flaunting it. So um, we're, we're, we have that delicate balance of, we don't, we can't ask for that much money per hour because our reputation isn't at the same level just yet, but it's been slowly moving in that direction. And so as it slowly moves in that direction, we increase our prices as so. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, which (laughs) (laughs) reminds me of something Bill said earlier. Yeah, don't short sell yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That and also, I mean, you spoke very highly of your trainers and the services that you offer at Downtown Gym. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question for you is, how do you combat that? What you said about reputation, knowing that you might have one of the best gyms out there in your area. That's been really hard to combat. Um, everyone that does decide to come to our gym eventually agrees with us and sees us, sees it that way. It's trying to get the group as a whole to see it that way. And it, that's been a challenge. Yeah, it's volume. You know, our competition in, in that regard, like we don't we don't really see ourselves as having competition because of the services that we offer, nobody else does that around us. Um, But if we're looking at um, this gym versus this gym, our gym, we've got, you know, a little bit less than 100 members for a membership. And half of them are probably our clientele. So Mm -hmm. we got a pretty good clientele to member ratio. But then the other gym, they've got 10,000 members. So it's hard for us to compete with that kind of volume. 
but that's that's the only way that it's difficult for us because like she said when they come and see us they see immediately that it's it's better yeah that makes sense that makes <clears> sense so we just gotta they just gotta come to get the people to your door right that's, that's the hard part yeah that's the hard part okay so let's talk a little bit about where y'all want to take things from here we briefly spoke about this earlier you know that one of your goals is to build a gym that is sustaining on its own where you mm -hmm. guys aren't you know necessarily ex constantly exchanging you know time for money so like let's talk gym and then like outside of gym like where do you want to take the gym members wise um how do you want to have continue to have an impact on your community and then outside of that like what's the outcome that you want to have for your own personal life well we have a six-year plan right now to move to south carolina <clears throat> so i've got a son that's 11 years old when he graduates high school that's when we're going to move so between now and then we have to grow this gym large enough that it's going to stay afloat and still make money and everybody's going to be happy when we're not here mm -hmm. you know so if we're in another state I, we can come back once or twice a month just to kind of check up on things. But if I'm not here every day, I need to make sure that this gym is able to stand on its own. Yeah. So that's the goal. We need more members. We need more qualified staff mm -hmm. um, and a, a trustworthy person to be a liaison back and forth. So do you want more members for personal training or for both? Like for open gym? All of it. Yeah. All of it. All of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, ideally, EF, so EFTs are huge in the fitness industry, in the gym industry. Um, so you obviously want to grow your EFTs because that's guaranteed money. You can count on that every single month, give or take a few for cancellations, people leaving, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, personal training is not something you can rely on 100%. Um, because people cancel all the time, trainers leave, clients leave, whatever. But if you can get that EFT, that membership EFT up high enough to pay all the bills, then anything else on top is gravy. Yeah. Stephanie, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, we would love for our original uh, business structure to be upheld. So we want the trainers to be successful and when they're successful, successful, they're happy. When they're happy, the clients are happy. Uh, so we would love if we had, you know, four trainers on staff that were full and making enough money to be, like I said, to be self-sustaining and happy. And then that would be, I think that would be ideal. Mm -hmm. um, that would kind of be taking us out of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, so that um, we would have to hire two new trainers to replace us. That's going to be difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's say when all that does happen in the future, you guys are going to move to South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And what, we're going to start gonna all over. <laughs> we're going to do it again. <laughs> Open another no, location, I'm, another gym. No, I'm opening a coffee shop for sure. <laughs> a cat cafe. I, Cat, cats everywhere it's our personal joke i just um you know i've always joked with bill i'm like i'm just gonna start selling things that people are addicted to i'm getting sick and tired <laughs> of trying to sell things that are good for people and they just want to buy 
the easy button and it doesn't exist. You know, that's, yeah. and then you look at these coffee shops around town and they're just killing <laughs> it because people are addicted to caffeine. And yeah. <laughs> so I said, the next time you open a business and I do love building businesses. I do love starting something and building it and being an entrepreneur. Um, I just wish it was, was something that was easier to sell. <laughs> but it's getting easy to sell. Uh, yeah that's the thing is because we're good at it we're confident with it so it is becoming easier yeah all right y'all well i really enjoyed this interview um it's about yeah. time for us to wrap things up on this episode right. but before we sign out please tell our listeners where they can find you uh we are downtown jim rochester our website is downtownjimrochester.com um we are located in downtown rochester michigan um in the metro detroit area um wonderful little space we love our community um lots of good places to eat and visit and shop and all kinds of stuff around us so if you guys are ever in the area come check us out find us hit us up all right y'all thank you so much we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road thank so, you so thank much. you very much really appreciate it yeah, absolutely. Also, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Mr. Mark Falcone of iCore, coming to you from Westchester, Pennsylvania. Mark, what's going on, sir? How are you today? How you doing, Joe? Doing well. I am. I'm excited to get into this. iCore in itself doesn't necessarily paint the picture of what we're here to talk about. And so before we get into the business conversation, I want you to, to give a little bit of a background and description on, on what this is, because I think the context really matters in, in what we'll, we'll eventually get into this to talk about. And so i when people ask you what this is, Mark, how do you describe it to them in your own words? Yes. Yeah, so we're, we're definitely a unique niche style business. Um, but we're basically like an all-encompassing, multifaceted, obstacle course, ninja warrior slash like family fun type of environment. 
Um, so depending on the day of the week or weekends, we kind of transition between different, um, you know, different revenue streams and avenues of what we provide to our, you know, diverse clientele range, I guess I should say. Yeah. And so not quite what people would think of when it comes to the, the commercial gym or even the micro gym, the, the vision of this, if somebody walks through the doors of i what would they see? Um, so basically our, we have like three main components to the facility. Um, well, four, I guess we should say. We have like our main like traditional weight room, which has most of our like conditioning, all of our free weights, barbells, bumper plates, most of what you would see in like a CrossFit style gym. Um, and then in the main part of the facility is like our big um, trust system of uh, basically American Ninja Warrior, if you're familiar with that TV show. Um, we train a lot of people that, um, that compete on that show. Um, so we built the first in the country of a uh, full scale Ninja Warrior um, obstacle course facility. Um, and then we have um, rock climbing, um, trampolines, foam pits, um, big jumping pillow. Um, so a lot of stuff to train like acrobatic um, parkour type stuff as well. Yeah, plenty of plenty of ways to enjoy going about your training. And so the the marriage of the OCR ninja style training with what you described as a sort of CrossFit ish style training, people can have access to both. Take me back. I'm I'm really interested in how this whole thing got started. And so bring me to not necessarily day one of the doors opening, bring me to the day that the idea popped into your head. This is the business that I'm going to open. How did all of this come to be? Right. So, um, uh, got out of college, uh, started working a job kind of 2010 ish. Um, so we were at like the tail end of the recession. Um, so I was really struggling to figure out what I wanted to do. So I kind of just took a job in a family, like a family owned business, um, installing and designing geothermal systems. And I really did not enjoy what I was doing at all. <laughs> so I was kind of just walking through life, kind of miserable. Um, and then I woke up one day and decided, you know, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. I want to do something that helps people. And, uh, so I totally kind of like started this journey of like figuring out what I want to do. Right. Um, and at the time I had started getting into obstacle course racing. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like Spartan races and stuff, tough mutters mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, so I got into that and then Ninja Warrior had popped up on the scene and I started watching that show and I'm like, this is cool. Like, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder if I could do that. Looking at the obstacles and whatnot. And, uh, so I, I started going to like different gyms. I'll go to like a CrossFit gym, do their style workouts. Um, and then I would go to like a traditional gym, lift weights go to a gymnastics gym to try and learn like acrobatic type stuff. And uh, I was going to all these different places to try and put the pieces together um, to make myself a rounded athlete in this new up and coming sport that I wanted to compete in. Um, In doing so, I was running around all over the place and it kind of just came to me one day that what if there was a place where you could do all of this stuff under one roof and, um, and provide, you know, again, a multifaceted um, like all encompassing style of training that's unique to, you know, this specific sport. Um, so that kind of started the gears turning of like, does this exist? Can I, is it possible? Like, yeah. what, why hasn't anyone done this? Right. Um, so I started going all over the place looking for it and I really couldn't find anyone that had done it. So I started like putting together this business plan of like this kind of grand idea. Um, 
And uh, yeah, most of the people that knew me at the time thought I was just out of my mind because no one really understood. <laughs> um, and I figured like, there's gotta be some caveat of why this concept wouldn't work, right? Um, so I called a buddy of mine who owned an insurance agency because I was like, obviously the liability is probably high. Maybe they, maybe it's just not insurable or something like that. And he like loved the idea um, and was like, no, dude, like, I think, I think we can get this covered pretty simply. Like, I think, I think it's awesome. And then he was like, by the way, like, if you're looking for an investor, you know, I'd be down to like, come on board with it too. And uh, so it just kind of started molding. And then we have our first believer. Yeah. So at that point it was like, all right, you know what? Like I'm convinced I'm doing this. And, uh, and that kind of determination and drive really carried through to executing and actually building out the facility pretty much exactly as I had envisioned. Um, yeah, obviously yeah. we've molded throughout the years and whatnot, but, um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the beginnings of, of getting things going. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of the time on this show, we'll hear, well, I was looking for XYZ type of service as a client, couldn't find it, ended up just creating it myself. There's gotta be a market for this. And so right. eight years later, I think we've achieved proof of concept something must have gone at least mostly right during that time you know look back on that i mean eight years as a business owner especially in the fitness space is is no small feat so for you what's been what's been the the best part about owning this business so far and what's been the biggest challenge when it comes to owning this business so far so and this might be a little bit unique um for me, at least, I think the one of the things that I enjoyed creating and cultivating, um, and still to to this day, is providing a unique um, culture and atmosphere, not just for the clients, but a lot of uh, a lot of the reason I wanted to get into entrepreneurship was I I, I struggled a lot with like jobs growing up um, of just how people are treated, right? And so I wanted to create an atmosphere where I could treat people the way that I wanted to be treated. Um, and create not not as much of like a hierarchy of, of staff, but more of like a family oriented style where like collectively we all make this thing what it is. And um, so we had a lot of, I, I got really lucky on, on staffing with some, uh, some awesome, super athletic people that, uh, that really bring the culture to life. And, um, you know, without them, if without them and that, that culture that we created through the, you know, the right people, um, it would just be, a warehouse full of metal. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the brand goes like, most business. Yeah. Right. So I think that was, that's probably the most rewarding thing to me is like that. And then with the clients, especially the younger kids, um, we do a, a good amount of kids that, uh, that didn't really grow up playing many sports or didn't really fit in, in like the organized sports setting or like the team oriented mm -hmm. setting. Um, so we'll get like a lot of kids on the spectrum, like some of the like autistic, um, so I'll yeah. come in and they'll like laser focus on, on certain aspects of the facility and become incredible athletes. And it's been pretty cool to watch kids that, you know, came in, in like middle school, um, and didn't have like an athletic bone in their body. But then by the time they're graduating high school, they've got like division one scholarships and like full rides to, to school is pretty right. cool. Some of that kind of stuff, yeah. um, kind of come to life. Um, yeah, it's a, it's. It's an admirable thing, and, and I, uh, fitness in itself, whatever iteration of that, has this like noble element of genuinely wanting to help people, whoever yeah. it is that we serve, 
in eight years, I'm sure that it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows, and I'm sure there's been growing pains along the way. What's been what's been the toughest part for you as a business owner? Hmm. I'd say, well, besides COVID, which everyone has that. <laughs> that <laughs> uh, we don't even say that word on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Exactly. Yeah. So again, it's kind of that. It, this kind of goes along with my, you know, the the best part of the facility is also the hardest part for me in that um, the demographic of of our coaches are like the peers for the kids. So they're typically like college age kids it's all part-time type stuff um mm -hmm. a lot of weekend based uh hours as well um so i've got like two full-time guys but the majority of our staff are part-time you know uh college age kids so I, i'll get a kid in and, and four years later they're graduating and they're either moving back home or moving uh -huh. to a full-time yeah. job here or you know starting their careers and um you know i had one guy who um was working with me uh for probably five years of our eight and um he just like kind of got to the point where he could just run the run the day-to-day -day operations of the business um and then when COVID hit we were shut down for like the majority of that first year right. and yeah. he picked up his entrepreneurial skills and what he had learned here and running a business and started his own <laughs> so it was like it's great to like it's a, yeah it's great for you also, but not so great for us here yeah, yeah well it, it is great but it, it's it's the it's the challenge is is you know you get these very um passionate people that are really into the specifics of what our business does and then uh you know as they grow it's like you got to be a, be able to set them free and you know go yeah. find the next, the next you know the next replacement for it um, so that employee retention is just as much of a challenge as member retention. Exactly, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, because of the the unique nature of this, Mark, what's what have you guys done over the years to market this? How how have you communicated the message of ICOR to people who may not even know what the business is in the first place? Um, so I think again, like like any small business, um, word of mouth was kind of our biggest um yeah our, our biggest sales point um but one of the things that that really took off that made our business successful and not even like my most favorite parts of the business but the the weekend like family fun birthday party entertainment side of the business um really became like our largest revenue stream pretty much overnight um in the sense that versus like our classes where we have you know as you would know like we you get one member and then you have to retain that one member while you're trying to go get more members and, and keep that, that kind of shift going. Whereas with, uh, with our group stuff, like birthday parties, if we host a birthday party with 20 kids, um, as long as they all have a great time, we just sold 20 birthday parties. Uh, so yeah. we'll work out three, four months in advance of, of like nonstop birthday parties all throughout the weekends, um, which really, it, it gives us the revenue to focus on our members during the week and really put our energy into them as well. Um, so I think that's kind of our our marketing is kind of just been marketing itself in the fact that it's like a very yeah, unique just brand. providing a good product, right? Yeah, and that's kind of what I've always like thought is you know if you provide the best service, you don't have to spend as much money trying to market your service. Yeah, have you guys put any kind of money into marketing along the way, yeah, or so is we'll that do, something? Yeah, we we do like all all the social media type stuff. Um, we do some uh, like local television ad stuff, um, but nothing really major, all kind of very small. 
um, yeah, small streams like that. What's your experience been with with social media marketing? Because I feel like at least on on this in the fitness space, there's a lot of people that either will dip their toe in the water kind of like this or have put a, a decent amount of money into it and not seen great results and are a little bit jaded. What's what's your experience been along the way? Yeah, I think we've kind of done a little bit of both. I, I at one point had hired someone to do all of our like social media. Oh, stuff okay. Because yeah, that's a com complete conversation we could have in and of itself. But yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, so I starting out, obviously, I did everything myself because I was the only person here. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, as as we started growing, I'm running the day to day operations. It's like I would go three, four days without posting any content or anything. And then sometimes it would be like a week or so. And I'm like, yeah, we did, we're really like dropping the ball on that. So I hired someone at first. Um, and the issue that I had with that was they, they didn't, it was hard to find someone that understood our brand, our culture and our business. Um, so you hired someone that like is, oh, I can post gym content. And some of the content didn't really apply to our, you know, kind of atmosphere. So that, we kind of ditched that over the years. And as we've grown the staff that I have now, they, they all kind of have control of our social medias. So collectively, we just yeah. kind of consistently try and put stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, the challenge with, with marketing in general, whether it's paid advertising or just organic posting, is that yeah. the message has to match the product. And if we're putting out one message and people are coming in expecting something different, there's this weird like discontent when they get through and actually get to the facility. Yeah. Tell us about how someone actually goes about signing up for this, Mark. We've got an interested lead wherever they came from, whether it came from social media, they walked in off the street, referral from a current member, whatever it is. Walk me through kind of the checkpoints along the way for that person to actually sign up as a new member. Yeah, so um, we do allow drop-ins, like I said. So usually we try and just get people in on a trial. Um, so we'll allow like a free, a free first class um, and then – for me, my my goal is just to make them feel at home, make them feel like a part of the family. Um, our biggest thing in our adult classes is all group group oriented training. Um, we do uh, personal training, but it's mostly outsourced for the most part. So I've got a couple trainers that um, someone comes in for personal training. I just kind of vet them and see where they're where they would be a good fit in our in our facility, um, whether it be like parkour training or weight loss training. Um, the Ninja Warrior training specifically, and we have different trainers um, that uh, that I can point to that would fit them the best for the best of their needs. Um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, it's just getting people to 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 buy into trying it. I think the one of the biggest uh, or one of the hardest things in um, in getting new clientele is that it it looks very intimidating because it is something that a lot of people haven't haven't done before. Um, and they yeah. come in and see these big obstacles and these people throwing stuff around and climbing stuff and jumping off things. And uh, I think it, it can come off very intimidating for people. So getting people in that mindset of like just being able to try it and and knowing that you're, you know, and just like any gym, it's like you always think like everyone's looking at you, but no one really, <laughs> no one's really judging everyone here at all. Do you find that you have people who come to you just looking for an alternative style of fitness or most of the people that come to you attempting to compete in one 
facet of this or another? No, I'd say the majority aren't very competitive. Um, more so oh, just enjoy the, uh, you know, enjoy the different type of training that we provide. Um, we do get a lot of people that come in to train specifically um, for Ninja Warrior and for obstacle course racing. Um, and I think that's just because we're, again, we're a unique facility. Um, there are a lot more gyms like ours out there now. Um, but when we started, we would get people from pretty much like all over the country that would come and stay for a week or so and just train um, that were competing like specifically on American Ninja Warrior. So, um, but that's not really our you know, bread and butter as far as. Uh, yeah, there's only so many of those kinds yeah, of people. Right? Very small niche. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Beyond that, Mark, what do you focus on in, in the role that you're in to keep people as members as long as possible from your role your the the ownership seat that you're in what do you think influences the retention of these people um i think practicing what you preach is a big as big a big um aspect of that for us uh i feel that if i or my trainers um are more like um off hands or hands off on our training um that definitely will set so it will kind of doesn't I don't know the word I'm looking for but uh I guess they don't like buy into the uh programming the, and, the conviction right yeah like the yeah belief. That, that's correct got it okay so focusing on what you guys do as instructors and leaders to make sure that the the client can continue that carryover and that belief Zoom out on all of this, Mark. I think, I mean, we've talked about how you got here in the first place and, and a little bit about what the business looks like now. But as you as you look to the future with all of this, what's your vision for, for I-Core? Where is this whole thing going long-term? Um, so, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of where we're at now and trying to figure out what, um, you know, which way we're going to pivot. Um, at first, when we first opened, it was like, I'm going to build... 10 of these things or franchise it out um yeah but I, anymore you know I, I think less is more <laughs> um especially after going through like COVID and whatnot it's like you know this is like my home um this is my life and I kind of you know as, as I do want to keep growing it um and growing myself as well um but I think uh I think for the most part I'm I'm pretty happy with where we're at currently um but it is, again, a, such a small niche little business that you're constantly always trying to grow revenue streams so that you're, you know, more so comfortable <laughs> and not always, yeah. not always trying to reinvent the wheel, basically. Um, but it's, for us, a, yeah. it's a balancing act, though, right? Yeah, of sure. how, do we, how do we grow the money without increasing the complexity, too, yep. you know? Yeah, and it's and, and we do so many different things. It's it's very easy to get like influenced on one thing or another and like keep throwing more things in there. I feel like there's a point where <laughs> you know you, you kind of just it, it it muddies the water of like the concept and the vision of what it is eventually if you're if you got too many things, too many directions. Um so like for instance, when we first started, uh one of the biggest failures that I had, I, my, I had this thought that you know, people are used to a traditional gym with machines and free weights and whatnot. And so we built out like a literal like traditional um, gym with, you know, all of your uh, lap pull downs, machines, cable crossovers, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and not cheap. Thought, no, it was a ton of money, and it was all like like you know high end commercial grade stuff. And um, my theory was that like if we have a traditional weight gym, then people will come and want to do a little bit of everything, and not just you know not just the Ninja Warrior or the Optical Course stuff, but if they want to just do traditional weight training, or if a you know a kid wants to do uh, more of the parkour stuff, but the parent now has access to a, a full weight room, then I could probably sell a lot of family memberships. And uh, I thought that would be like our biggest, you know, draw to our facility. Um, and it was not at all. Nobody used the weight room. No one signed up that wanted traditional mm. weight training. Um, so I just kind of sat there yeah. and then we ended up, you know, it, now it's just taken up real estate. So um, we ended up scrapping all of it. <laughs> and uh, that was a big loss. That's a, that's a harsh reality as a business yeah, owner. But, it, after but again, that, think of an investment. Exactly. But it does, it does help, um, you know, hone in on, on what does work and, and go after what, you know, what makes us unique. Yep. hundred percent. It's, it's a good lesson to learn. Maybe not the most fun lesson to yeah. learn, but now it can, it can sort of govern how we operate onwards. It's a pretty good place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up, Mark, but I want to spend a minute or two for you to be able to tell people where they can learn more about iCore. What's the best website? What's the best social media? How can people connect with you guys? Uh, so our, our website is www.icore.ninja. Uh, so pretty simple there. That'll, that pretty much gives you, uh, you know, the wide range of all the stuff we do. There's a lot of video content there as well. Um, and then uh, Instagram is icore, uh, at WC. Um, so iCore Fitness WC is Westchester, which is obviously, again, where we're located, um, right outside Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Um, those are our two biggest platforms. Um, we are on Facebook as well, iCore Fitness on Facebook. Um, and that's about it for us. All right. Connect with Mark and the iCore team on one of those platforms that he mentioned. Mark, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your your willingness to give a look behind the curtain into how this operates and, and what you think about as the owner of all of this. So I really, really appreciate your willingness to share. I'm excited to see what the future of this holds and, and where all of this goes. But we're out of time today, but I wish you nothing but the best, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. And you as well. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in talking about your business with us, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.